The Unprecedented Reformation. The Bible is a mystery. Everyone must first accept this fact. We must discern the times for us to see, hear, understand, and truly believe the Bible. Let us receive the word about the times through the guidance of the Spirit of Truth interpreting the Bible with the Bible. In the Bible, God has spoken in many portions and many ways about the times and the hour, such as the last day, the latter days, the third day, the sixth day, the seventh day, that day. We cannot perfectly understand the Bible if we cannot discern the times. We must know what times the 21st century is now biblically. Then, how can we discern the times that God has spoken of in the Bible? He has given us the key to the mystery in 2 Peter 3 verse 8. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. When we interpret the Bible according to this verse, we can see when the word in Genesis 2 verse 3, God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, as well as the commandment, Be holy, for I am holy, in 1 Peter 1 verse 6, is fulfilled. If we look at this age, 4,000 years of the Old Testament and 2,000 years of the New Testament equals 6,000 years in total. It means that six days have passed when we interpret it by 2 Peter 3 verse 8. And the 21st century now is the universal seventh day. This day is the day that many prophets desired to see but could not see. It is one of the days of the Son of Man, which Jesus said to the disciples in Luke 17 verse 22. This day is the day in the book of Daniel when many will go back and forth and knowledge will increase. It is also the day when the whole world knows Jesus' name as it is written, All will know me from the least to the greatest of them in Hebrews 8 verse 11. And it is the day of judgment and the day of punishment about which God said, In one day her plagues will come, pestilence, and mourning and famine in Revelation 18 verse 8. This day is also called the day of the Lord, for it is the day when God himself teaches his people by using the spirit of truth as the vessel to speak on his behalf. He has prophesied about this day again in Galatians 3 verse 22 to 23. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now, before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. This is the time for faith to be revealed and the righteous generation who walks with God for the perfect faith, the spirit of truth has come in reality to guide us into all the truth. It is the day when all mysteries are revealed so it is the great day of atonement when the word in Isaiah 1 verse 18 is fulfilled with the word of the new covenant, the eternal gospel. Though your sins are as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. 
Reverend Okjushin has first emphasized the importance of discerning the times as she declared the word of prophesying again. By revealing the mystery of the times and other mysteries of the Bible that no priests, pastors, Bible scholars, or theologians knew for 2,000 years, she has been doing the unprecedented reformation for the last 14 years. Then, let us search the Bible and see what the unprecedented biblical reformation is. Open your Bible to Hebrews 9, verse 8 to 10. The Holy Spirit is signifying this, that the way into the holy place has not yet been disclosed, while the outer tabernacle is still standing, which is a symbol for the present time. Accordingly, both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make the worship of perfect in conscience, since they relate only to food and drink and various washings, regulations for the body, imposed until a time of reformation. It says that we must reform the regulations for the body. What does this mean? It refers to things like physical baptism of washing with actual water, the physical fasting, and physical laying on of hands, and all that was done without knowing God's will and His plans that He hid in the Bible as a mystery. Ceremonies such as baptism and communion are important to the Christian and Catholic churches that have been done for 2,000 years. Why is it unprecedented? It's because it has never been done before. We are not extending or improving upon what we have already. We are starting everything new. It is written in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 8 to 10. Love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. By the instinctive knowledge of men, you might think that you begin by knowing the truth partially and in pieces. Then, when the perfect comes, you think that your knowledge progressively extends, but that is not the case. Doing away means to stop something midway or leave alone without using or to stop something that was done out of habit. Doing away means to not follow all that was done out of habit, all systems, organizations, traditional customs or conventions. Thus, it means to abolish all that we knew and preached and believed partially in morsel pieces and to not follow all regulation for the body that was partial and to begin completely new. That is reformation. That is why God already said He will do the new thing. If you do not let everything partial be done away, you can never become a new wineskin. This is why people have called for reformation with the same plea to repent and pray over and over again. Even after Christianity broke out of the Catholic Church 500 years ago to do a reformation through Martin Luther, Calvin, John Wesley, and others, Christianity has still become corrupt. This is clear proof that there has been no true reformation until this age, until the faith from Galatians 3 verse 22 to 23 came in reality. 
This is why God said in Revelation 10 verse 11, You must prophesy again concerning many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Let us go see why the Bible is a mystery. The Bible is a mystery and written in the tongue, the language of the kingdom of heaven. God's plan from everlasting to everlasting, the mystery of the kingdom of heaven was hidden in the Bible. So even though anyone could buy the Bible and read it, no one could understand the word of God until now. Colossians 1 verse 26 says, The mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but has not been manifested to His saints. The Bible is the word of God that was written through about 40 authors for around 1600 years. It is the great book of prophecy which contains God's will and plan for the whole universe and the book of life. However, how many people in the world would actually know that the Bible is a mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations? The Old Testament and the New Testament were bound into one book and translated into each language of the world. And people thought for 2,000 years that anyone could read the Bible literally and understand it and that you have faith by just simply confessing with your mouth. People who simply thought like this also believed that the incoherent gibberish is the spiritual gift of tongues. But the Bible says following about the spiritual state of these people. In Revelation 16 verse 13 it says, And I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, three unclean spirits like frogs. The incoherent gibberish is not speaking in tongues, but is rather only the sound of the unclean spirits like frogs. A tongue means language. That is why the very first reformation that Reverend Okjushin has done was destroying people's illusions about the tongues by proving the Bible with the Bible that the written word of the Bible itself is the tongue or the language of the kingdom of heaven, and that God has hidden His will, His covenant within the written word. She proved from the Bible that you cannot understand the meaning at all if you read the Bible only literally. God has already written down the way to interpret the Bible in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 13. Which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. God has hidden His thoughts in the written text, so it must be interpreted by discerning spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. A clear biblical understanding of the tongue is the master key to understanding the Bible. Here is something everyone should think about carefully. If the tongue really is the incoherent gibberish, then why did God say in Revelation 10 verse 11 to prophesy again to the tongues? Another question is, how will you interpret the word in Revelation 17 verse 15, which says, And he said to me, The waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. 
Now, all these questions are being answered through the Spirit of Truth who sees the entire Bible as a whole and reveals all the mysteries of the Bible, such as the mystery of the harlot, the mystery of Satan and the devil, the mystery of the stars. They are all church leaders who use the Bible to teach, hence people. The people who preach lies different from the Bible are the harlot and Satan, devil, the great dragon, and the serpent of old. They are the rulers of this world from John 16 verse 11 who are judged when the spirit of truth comes. And by revealing the mysteries of the Bible like this, the regulations for the body that Christians partially knew and did for the last 2,000 years are now being done away. Hebrews 6 verse 1 to 2 says, Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of instruction about washings and laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. In the last 2,000 years, the pastors, priests, and scholars who were not born again added their own theories upon theories by writing commentaries, Bible dictionaries, and books with their own thoughts. That has been passed down within the church until this age, and churches have been keeping the regulations for the body until now. Let us see the truth about some of them today. We cannot look at all of the regulations for the body because there's so much. But we will go see what baptism is, what fasting is, and what laying on of hands is today, and explain how the perfect biblical reformation is being carried out. First, let us look at the biblical baptism. In the first coming, John the Baptist had given the baptism of repentance, which was to make people know and believe in Jesus. In Acts 19 verse 4, Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him, that is, in Jesus. Also in Matthew 3 verse 6, And they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River, as they confessed their sins. Moreover, it states in Luke 3 verse 3, And he came into all the district around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. But what is the baptism that is done in the churches now? When a newcomer comes, the pastor puts his hands in actual water and sprinkles it on people's head three times, chanting, In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, I baptize you. They call this the baptism of water. They also have a full body immersion baptism where a pastor wearing a gown prepares a tub of water. And when someone plunges into the water and comes out, he says, In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, I baptize you. They also called this the baptism of water. The Presbyterian Church says that the sprinkling of water is right, and the Baptist Church says that full body immersion into water is right, and they argue over this. Just what kind of baptism have all these people who claim to be Christians attending church received up until now? Was that the baptism of repentance? Or was it the baptism of the Spirit? 
If it was the baptism of repentance, people should have confessed their sins and repented like John the Baptist. However, the baptism given by the churches of the world is neither the baptism of repentance nor the baptism of the Spirit. It was only a church event that was not even a regulation for the body and that was not the baptism of repentance at all. It should be obvious that they only did it as a custom to newcomers who entered the church and that it was not the baptism of repentance at all. Then, did Jesus baptize with the Spirit during the first coming? Jesus did not baptize with the Spirit. Let us prove it. John the Baptist said that Jesus will baptize with the Spirit, but he did not actually baptize with the Spirit. Back then was not the time for that. Peter said in Acts 10 verse 44 to 47 that people were baptized with the Spirit, but there is proof in Galatians 2 verse 11 that Peter was not baptized with the Spirit. But when Cephas, Cephas was Peter's nickname, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. About 20 years after the resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ, Peter turned to hypocrisy and was publicly rebuked by Apostle Paul. That is proof that Peter was not baptized with the Spirit. Also, if Jesus baptized with the Spirit, he should not have said in John 16 verse 7, But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus spoke about the another Helper, the Spirit of Truth, in John 14, 15, and 16. In John 14, verse 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another Helper, that he may be with you forever. Thus, if the Spirit had come upon the people in Mark's upper room during the first coming, those who received the Holy Spirit should not have died, but have been set free from sin forever, since it is written that the Spirit will be with us forever. However, just as proven by 2,000 years of church history, only Jesus died and came back to life. Everyone else physically died. Everyone has sinned and been enslaved by sin until this age. This is clear proof that the Spirit of Truth did not come during the first coming. The Spirit that came upon Mark's upper chamber was partial. It was a copy and a shadow of the Spirit of Truth as written in Hebrews 8 verse 5. However, just as there is a time to know in part and do in part, there is a time for the perfect to come. The time when the Spirit of Truth, the Another Helper, whom Jesus had promised to send, has come, is the time when the perfect comes. That is this age now, and it is the time when we must do away with what we knew in part and what we did in part. The perfect biblical baptism has to set people free from sin by circumcising their hearts and make them be born of water and the Spirit. The perfect baptism is when you receive the voice of the Spirit of Truth that guides you into all the truth, and therefore wake up from the deep spiritual sleep, turn away from your sins, and know biblically about God, the Son Jesus Christ, and the Spirit of Truth.
Reverend Ok Shin has not only let us understand what sin is, but she has also guided us to live without sinning. She has been baptizing with the Spirit to let us be born again of water and the Spirit and shown us that it is not difficult to keep God's commandments and statutes. Secondly, let us see what the biblical fasting is. In Isaiah 58 verse 6, Is this not the fast which I choose, to loosen the bonds of wickedness, to undo the bands of the yoke, and to let the oppressed go free and break every yoke? What is the fasting that God chooses? A lot of Christians think that the fasting that God chooses is physically fasting and praying for days in tongues based on the 21 days of prayer of Daniel and the 40 days of fasting like Jesus. The pastors especially fast and pray for days to receive certain powers. However, the holy fasting that God chooses is to reject the lies differing from the Bible, keep God's decrees, seek righteous judgment, and go near to God. Directly speaking, the fasting that God meant is for the pastors to not speak lies differing from the Bible and for the congregation to stop receiving such sermons with Amen. This fasting truly loosens the bonds of wickedness and undoes all of the yokes of worries of this life and sets you free in truth. On the contrary, fasting out of lust and greed for signs and wonders becomes a detestable thing, even as they claim to the Lord's work while calling on God and Jesus' name. Isaiah 58 verse 4 says, Behold, you fast for contention and strive and to strike with a wicked fist. The sermon of a pastor who is not born again of water and the Spirit becomes a wicked fist causing strife against God and he is murdering the souls of the congregation by guiding them to hell. Reverend Okjushin has been carrying out the fasting of loosening the bonds of wickedness by revealing from the Bible what the biblical fasting is and proving that the fasting, which was only a regulation for the body, was wrong. Third, what does the laying on of hands actually mean? The laying on of hands means to provide God's strength to you. But let us look at today's churches. How is the laying on of hands being done in the Catholic and Christian churches around the world? Rather than providing God's wisdom and strength by revealing the truth hidden in the Bible, people think that church leaders laying their hands on people's heads during seminars, conferences, and events such as pastor ordinations are the laying on of hands. Countless pastors around the world even claim to give the Holy Spirit as they take off their coat and swing it toward the crowd or make people fall over with their hands. And all these people think that they have received the Holy Spirit when they collapsed or when their body trembled. That is such a sad and shameful reality of the church. When the church doors closed because of COVID-19, Many pastors even reached out with their hands towards the TV monitors to lay their hands on the viewers. They are the abomination and the idols standing on the holy place. They cast out demons, heal diseases, and perform many miracles in Jesus' name, 
but they are the foolish ones who are committing lawlessness. They only speak empty words all their lives. So God said, the beginning of his talking is folly and the end of it is wicked madness. The biblical laying on of hands is taking away all unrighteousness and sins, keeping and carrying out the word of God, being filled with the wisdom of God and kindling afresh the gift of God through the laying on of hands, as it says in 2 Timothy 1 verse 6. For this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. The gift of God does not mean healing diseases, casting out demons, and speaking in tongues. That is the demon sound. It means inheriting eternal life through the knowledge of God and the knowledge of Christ Jesus. That is why it says in Romans 6 verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thus, the laying on of hands is not church leaders putting their hands on people's heads. That was only a regulation for the body and was not even the elementary teaching. That is why God said in 1 Timothy 5 verse 22, Do not lay hands upon anyone too hastily and thereby share responsibility for the sins of others. Keep yourself free from sin. Thus, the biblical laying on of hands is to make us walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, as it says in Colossians 1 verse 10. This is done only when the Spirit of truth comes and guides us into all the truth to go on to the knowledge about Father God, the Son Jesus Christ, and the Spirit of truth. There are a lot more regulations for the body than baptism, fasting, and laying on of hands that Reverend Okjushin has revealed. She has been carrying out the biblical reformation that no one has ever previously succeeded in doing and nullifying all of the lawlessness and unrighteousness of the last 2,000 years. Thus, the word, when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away, has come true now. Now is the seventh day. The time of the perfect biblical reformation has come. Thus, for the last 14 years, the spirit of truth, Reverend Okjushin, has been proving with the whole Bible as to why the baptism, fasting, and laying on of hands belong to the regulations for the body. She has been interpreting the Bible with the Bible to reveal the mystery of the kingdom of heaven, which was hidden since before the ages. She has been giving birth to the children of God who see, hear, believe, understand, and act by the Bible through the truth, which is the eternal gospel, the word of the new covenant. In Acts 3 verse 22, God has prophesied about the coming of the spirit of truth in another way. The Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. To him you shall give heed to everything he says to you. The reason God sent the Spirit of Truth is as written in verse 26. For you first, God raised up His servant and sent him to bless you by turning every one of you from your wicked ways and to restore all things. 
The reason why the another helper, the Spirit of Truth, came to this earth is very clear. When the Spirit of Truth comes, the Bible is being interpreted with the Bible, and all the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven hidden in the whole Bible are being opened. The Spirit of Truth does not lean to the right or to the left, but guides us into all the truth to make us go on to the knowledge of God. That is how we have come to understand that baptism, fasting, and laying on of hands that have been done in the churches of the world until now were only regulations for the body. This is one of the duties of the Spirit of Truth. She stops unrighteousness and lawlessness of church leaders by obstructing them from preaching lies different from the Bible and protecting the congregation from saying amen to such sermons. When you no longer practice unrighteousness and lawlessness, God fulfills the everlasting covenant that He had made through Abraham so that everyone who believes will be blessed. That is done through the another helper, the Spirit of Truth. This Reformation is only the beginning. The unprecedented, perfect Reformation will continue until all the enemies have been made a footstool for His feet and the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of His Christ, and only God will reign forever and ever. Amen.